This is the Calvary Bible Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. We're praying this message encourages you. Learn more about Calvary and join us online each Sunday for services at calvarybible.com. Hey everyone, I'm John. I'm so thankful you're with us for Calvary Online. I hope it's helpful for you. I pray for you every week, and one of my prayers for you is that our time together would help strengthen your faith. What is faith? In our culture today, it's probably nothing more than optimism. You know, like, things will just get better, or they just work out for me because I have faith. We hear advice often, like, you just need to have faith in yourself, which is just self-confidence, and then everything will be okay. Of course, we might understand faith as a set of religious beliefs. People have faith in their sports team, despite the odds. A lot of people have faith in America and our country and what it stands for. But today, in our study in the New Testament book of Hebrews, in our series that we've called Greater Than, we're going to look at one of the most extensive discussions of faith in the entire Bible. So grab yours and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Last time we were together, we closed with the final verse of chapter 10, which says this, But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. One of the primary concerns of the book of Hebrews is that people of faith would not shrink back that they wouldn't drift away from Jesus, that they wouldn't depart from the teaching that we have learned about him, that we would stay faithful, that we would live by faith. And chapter 11 of Hebrews defines for us what faith is. And then it gives us some amazing examples of it. Okay, let's look at chapter 11 and verse 1 for the true biblical definition of faith. Verse 1 says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. We probably confuse faith and hope in our minds. So, how are they different? Hope is like the optimistic expectation that something will turn out the way that we want it to. Hope is wanting or wishing that something will happen. But faith is being sure that what we hope for will happen. Faith is not optimism. Faith isn't wishing for something. It is being sure of something. It is being assured of what we hope for. Here's the difference. My kids, like I think a lot of kids, would love to go to Disneyland. And they hope that someday Lindsay and I will take them there. They can imagine what it would be like. They can ask us to take them there, and they can hope that one day we will. So you could say that my kids and lots of kids live in hope that one day they will get to go to Disneyland. But we don't have it on the calendar yet. And the moment that I sit them down and tell them, I bought the tickets. Here's the day that we're leaving to go to visit the park of your dreams. Everything will change for them. Things will shift from hope, of wanting, of wishing that we might be able to take this trip, to sure, being sure that we are going, having faith that they'll be able to take the trip of their lifetime. And so therefore, their hope would turn to faith. They would be assured of something that they had previously hoped for. 
Everything changes when hope turns to faith. If I went home tonight and told my kids, we got the tickets, we're leaving on such and such of a day, you can only imagine how they would react because hope would turn to faith. So what do we hope for as humans? I believe there is hope in the heart of every human being. Hope that there is something more than just this life here on the earth. Hope of heaven. Hope of a loving God. Hope of eternity. Maybe you're familiar with the story of Arthur Stace. Arthur was an Australian soldier who, after serving in the military, came to faith in Jesus. He converted to Christ in the early 1930s. And after hearing two sermons about eternity, God placed it on his heart to simply write the word eternity on the sidewalks of Sydney, Australia. Arthur was illiterate. He couldn't even legibly write his own name. But by the power of God, he was able to write in chalk the word eternity in this beautiful copper plate script all over the sidewalks of Sydney. For the next 35 years, on most days, Arthur would wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning, walk the streets of Sydney, and write eternity for everyone to see. Most estimates suggest that he wrote it more than half a million times in 35 years. And this word, eternity, and his particular style of writing it became synonymous with the city of Sydney. So much so that during the famous New Year's Eve uh, fireworks display that they do at the harbor, for the millennium, in the year 2000, on the Sydney Harbor Bridge was illuminated in his hand the word eternity for the whole world to see. He did that because Arthur believed that eternity was written by God on the hearts of every human. Whether they can articulate it or not, it's what every human hopes for. The gospel is the assurance of what every human hopes for. That there is something beyond the life that we live here on the earth. That there is a way to restore the relationship with our creator. That that nagging feeling that we live with, that there is a great God in the universe and that we just don't measure up. That all of that finds its resolution in the gospel. The assurance of what every human hopes for. And when faith in the gospel comes to us, everything changes, doesn't it? So, so that's one definition of what faith is. The assurance of things that are hoped for. I'm so grateful to be a part of a team of preachers here at Calvary. And every week we gather together and look at the text that we're studying and teaching at each of our campuses that week. And we share ideas and we borrow insights from each other, and sometimes we steal ideas from one another. And this week, as we were talking about Hebrews chapter 11, my friend Zach, who's the Thornton campus pastor, gave to us another definition of faith that I think is outstanding. It's from Martin Luther. It says this, Faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that the believer would stake his or her life on it a thousand times. That's the assurance of things that are hoped for. And when we find that, then we have, according to our text, conviction of things that are not seen. The first century Christians who would have received this letter had been so used to visible reminders of their faith. 
They could see it at the temple. They could watch the priests in their special outfits. They would be reminded of it when they would gather together for special religious celebrations. They were reminded of it because of the sacrifice that happened on the Day of Atonement. They could see it in all the tradition and ritual that was such an important part of their previously Jewish faith. And now, they're being asked as followers of Jesus to believe something that is unseen. This first century group that received this letter or sermon hadn't witnessed the death and resurrection of Jesus. They had been been told about it by those who did, and so they needed faith to keep going, just like we do. Faith to believe what is unseen, being sure of what we have hoped for and convinced of what we don't see. I love that this chapter doesn't just tell us what faith is, but it demonstrates it for us. It shows it to us with so many examples. If you've never read all of Hebrews chapter 11, I would encourage you to just pause the video right now, open your Bible to it, and read the entire chapter. There's some amazing stories and examples. 16 names of historical Old Testament people who are incredible examples of faith. Some people have called this chapter the Hall of Faith, or these are like our faith heroes. But before we get into some of these examples, let's remind ourselves of something. These examples are absolutely meant to inspire us, to be people of faith on our own, that we might imitate these people of faith that we read about here in Hebrews chapter 11. But let's not lose sight of this. People of faith still fail. These examples are oftentimes extraordinary, amazing cases of faith. But don't for a minute think, I could never be like that. I've I've got too many problems. I'm not perfect like these people are. Hold on. There is one perfect person in the Bible. His name is Jesus. And the rest of us, including these heroes in Hebrews chapter 11, are imperfect people who all need a perfect Savior. So if you think your faith is weak because you failed... Welcome to the party. We have all failed. And that's why we need faith in somebody else, not us. We need faith in somebody else. And his name is Jesus. People of faith still fail. Now, let's look at two qualities of people of faith. First, people of faith respond to God's word. Check out verse 6 with me. And without faith, it says, it is impossible to please him, to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. How can we believe that God exists? I mean, it's obvious that God exists just looking around at creation. And we're all accountable to God because it's clear that he exists by what we see in the world. But we also believe that God exists Because he has told us that he does. He has spoken to us through his word, revealed everything that we need to know about him, and it's all contained for us in the scriptures. So people of faith respond to God's word. They must believe that he exists, according to verse 6. Belief is a response. It's an action that occurs as a result of what has been revealed to us. When God speaks... We don't simply listen. We don't just think, well, that was interesting. 
we respond. We do something about it. In this case, we believe. Some people think that faith is blind, that it's not rooted in anything that's actually real, but that's not what Christian faith is. We're asked to believe in something that happened. Jesus of Nazareth was a historical figure. There's no dispute about that. He lived in first century Palestine and he was killed because of what he said about himself. And on the third day of being dead in the tomb, he was raised to new life. And he appeared alive again to more than 500 witnesses. And his closest followers who had fled after he had died, gathered together after they had witnessed him alive once again, and then they turned the world upside down. And 2,000 years later, we stand waiting for his return. Do you believe this? Are you sure? Are you convinced that Jesus died and rose again? If you are, then you have faith. You have responded to what God has said and to what God has done. Let's look back at an example from Hebrews chapter 11 of faith. One of these heroes who responded to God's word. Look at verse 7. It says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. A famous story. Noah built an ark. Why? As a response to God's word to him. Turn to the very first book in your Bible, Genesis, and chapter 6 with me, and look at verse 13. Genesis 6 and verse 13. God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end to all of flesh. For the earth is filled with violence through them, through the people of the world who, who are corrupt and sinning always. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself, Noah, an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. And then the rest of the chapter goes on to describe God's plan for the ark. And at the very end of chapter 6, in verse 22, it says, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Noah believed God. Noah trusted God. Noah obeyed God. And when you think about these three aspects of faith, belief, trust, and obedience that are exemplified in the example here of Noah, I wonder which one of those, belief, trust, and obedience, might be most difficult for you. Maybe you can relate to the dad in Mark chapter 9 who asks Jesus to heal his son. And Jesus tells him that all things are possible for those who believe. And the dad says to Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. Or maybe it's tough for you to trust. Psalm 37 verse 5 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Try it out. Trust the Lord with something and see what he does. Maybe it's obeying God is difficult for you. Maybe you find it burdensome. Maybe you think these commands are difficult to follow. Maybe it just feels like oppressive to have to obey God. But Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself 
to him. Obedience is how we show our love to Jesus. Think of obedience as love to Jesus and see how it feels. Belief, trust, obedience. That's how people of faith respond to God's word, by believing and trusting and obeying God. The Apostle Paul gave thanks for the people of faith in Thessalonica in his first letter to them when he says in chapter 2 and verse 13, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you, believers. People of faith respond to God's word. And people of faith receive God's reward. Let's look back at verse 6 of Hebrews 11. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. People of faith receive God's reward. We've spent weeks and weeks in our study of Hebrews diving deep into what Jesus has done and how much greater he is than anyone or anything. And because of his great sacrifice, if we have faith, then God rewards us with the greatest treasure we could ever imagine, himself. God looks upon us and says, you are saved by the blood of my son, Jesus Christ. And now, because of his sacrifice, you are cleansed from all unrighteousness. Come, receive your reward from your Father in heaven. In my presence, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. God's rewards are so much greater than the world's. And people who have faith in Jesus receive the rewards of God, which includes all of these names here in Hebrews 11. Verse 2 says, for, for by it, by faith, the people of old received their commendation. Even though they didn't know, perhaps they couldn't even anticipate it, these heroes of the faith who believed and trusted and obeyed God would be saved by a future sacrifice through the Son of God, Jesus. And because of that, they would receive their reward. Look at verse 24 with me. By faith... Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to that reward. Here's a man who grew up in spectacularly worldly wealth, in the house of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, never wanting for anything. And then he went out and looked upon his people. He saw their suffering. He saw their enslavement. And he chose, along with them, to be mistreated with the people of God. Why? Our text says it was because he considered the reproach of Christ to be greater wealth than all the treasures of Egypt. How is that possible? Moses lived 1,500 years before Jesus. How could he consider Christ at that point? Just as we have discovered that so much of the Old Testament history that we've uncovered and discovered throughout our study in Hebrews points to Jesus, so too does the nearly continual suffering of God's people and God's chosen leaders like Moses, all of that suffering points to our suffering Savior, Jesus. Of course he would suffer when he came. It shouldn't surprise us that he experienced 
reproach or unjust accusation or disgrace. And as his followers, we may also. And we would be in good company. And can you imagine that being disgraced for the sake of Jesus would be greater than all the wealth of the world? God's rewards are so much greater than the world's. We need to be reminded of that. And we need to be reminded that people of faith receive God's rewards. Maybe not always this side of heaven, but God rewards those who seek him. Have you responded to God's word by faith? Have you responded to what God has revealed about his son Jesus? Maybe you've been with us through this study in Hebrews and it's time for you to make a decision to respond to God, to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead so that you might be saved. Maybe it's time for you to trust in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's time for you to obey God's command to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. God promises that if you put your faith in him, that he is faithful and just to forgive you, that he will save you by the blood of his son Jesus, and that you can find new life in him. I would urge you, encourage you, to put your faith in Jesus, to respond to what God has revealed in his word by faith. And if you do, you will receive God's reward. The gift of salvation through his son Jesus that enables you to enjoy him forever. If you've done that, if you have responded to God's word and received God's reward, then I have good news for you. You, my friend, are in the hall of faith. Right here in Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse 3 with me. It says, For by it, for by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. For by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. If God has granted you faith to believe in him, to trust in all that he promises, to obey all that he commands, then you are in amazing company. With those who understand the power of God to create all things, the supernatural reality of what he has done. And then you, along with these great heroes of the faith, can live with daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that you would stake your life on it a thousand times. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks that you gift us faith. I pray for my friends who are joining us today that you might strengthen faith for those who know you and that God, by your power, you might give the gift of faith to any who's watching today and who is not yet believing, that you might give them the gift to believe in the sacrificial death of your son, Jesus Christ. And through that faith, they would receive the reward that only you can give. Your pleasures forevermore in your presence. The beautiful experience of drawing near to the throne of grace and mercy. And finding the help that we need anytime that we ask. We thank you for the once for all sacrifice of your son, Jesus. I pray it encourages and strengthens our faith today as we follow him. In his name we pray. Amen.